Hello, listeners. Hey, how's it going? We're Corinne and Sabrina, and this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. I feel like it's been a while since we've uh, done that intro. It, it has been, because we recorded two of them back-to-back, mm-hmm. because you went to Switzerland. Switzerland. How was it? It looked so fun. It was really fun. Um, I told you this when I got back, but my dad told me his possession story. Let's, can we, let's retell it. Do you want me to retell it? Yes. Okay. So I'm not going to tell all of the details because I don't know if he listens to this, but maybe he does. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll tell ba- the basics of it. Um, right. So we were at dinner the first night and it was my dad, his girlfriend, Nick, and I. And we were just talking and I don't know how it came up exactly, but his girlfriend said, oh yeah, in the middle of the night, I hear your, like, I think your father's possessed because he's, he starts talking in another language and grunting and grumbling and it happens often. And she said at first it just maybe like, she thought maybe he was just having some weird nightmares, but it happened so often and it was a language that like clearly she could not understand. And it was like a guttural voice. Possession. I know. And my dad kind of shrugged it off. I didn't really want to talk about it that night. So then one of the later nights, we kind of asked more information about it. And I asked about his regression. Yeah, there I can't remember the exact term for it. All right. Past life regression therapy. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> and he was saying that he kept having medieval type nightmares about the same thing. And he couldn't understand them. And so he was confiding in this friend about it. And the friend was like, you should go do what I did. And eventually my dad went to go do it. But he brought his friend along with him because he was like, I need to have someone I trust there who can tell me what to say. In the room. Yeah. As he's getting the past life regression therapy with him to like witness whatever happens. Okay. And so he does it. And he comes out of it and he doesn't really remember it. It's kind of like a hypnosis, essentially. So you have like some consciousness, but not really. And my dad's friend tells him that it was like the scariest thing he's ever seen. And that when he, when my dad went into the hypnosis, his whole physicality just changed and he became essentially another person. And started telling this story about who he was and his voice changed, like everything changed about him. And what it came down to is that there's this person who exi- who lived during the medieval ages who was not a good person, mm-hmm. who uh, was, I think, collecting taxes or he worked for some senator or something. And he would go around and um, steal and – do really bad things. And I think he is still a part of my dad. And my dad is like battling with him because I mean, the way, the way that reincarnation works is like that soul is still a, the same soul. So like that person that it used to be is still exists within the soul. Yes. You grow with each life, yeah. the purpose, or I guess the intent of moving on to another life is to become a better person or to move forward to finally achieve your ultimate level of functioning or spirituality, whatever you want to call it. So yeah, that, that, 
thing that came out of your dad. That's one of the lies that exists in his one soul. That's just so freaky because it, it reminds me of when we did the exorcism possession episode and how we were talking about how scary it would be for family members or friends who were witnessing it. And your dad's yeah. friend witnessed it and was yeah. terrified. And his and girlfriend. I, and, and his girlfriend. Yeah. And how do you explain speaking in different languages? You don't. Oh, and in the first hypnosis – so my dad did two sessions, and I don't really know what happened in the second one. But in the first one, he said the name of the person he worked for, and it was a very specific name. And they looked it up, and he's a real person, and he exists. Like back in the day? Yeah. What? Yeah, it was during the meeting. You didn't tell me that part before. Yeah, I just remembered that. Oh, my God. I know. That's so freaky. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, to to bring it back to another one of our episodes, the reincarnation one, where there's just too many things that happen that can't be explained other than a past life coming through. Yeah. So it's almost like he's possessed by his past life. Yeah. Like that part of his soul won't let go of him. And also, it's such a bad – the person was not good, like, you know? So Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's a power to that energy that is trying to, like, overtake my dad's. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Like, if that part of his life was so strong, the evil (laughs) was so strong that it's – his soul's having a hard time Mm -hmm. throwing that one under the rug. My God. It's creepy. And it's not just like it happens once in a while. It's like frequent and enough that your dad has done something about it and like gone to therapy. Yeah. So weird. Jeez. I want him to be exercised. Ew. I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit up the church and ask them about it. Mm. But that's weird. Yeah. Well, I guess, okay, about the exercise thing, I think it, I think I misspoke when I said possession, because it's not a possession. It's a reincarnation story where his past life is like bleeding into his current life, mm-hmm. which is different than possession. But, right. But like, how do you even fix that? I don't know. Well, I guess the, the past life regression therapy. Yeah. Like, acknowledge it. Right, and try to fix whatever issues happened in that past life because that we talked in one of the earlier episodes about that book by Brian Weiss, I believe, mm-hmm. Many Lives, Many Masters. Yeah. And he did past life regression therapy on the woman he was treating. And they overcame all of her fears and phobias by basically treating all the past lives. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So I wonder... Maybe I'll get that for my dad for Christmas. You should ask him. (laughs) You should ask him to tape all the sessions and give you the tapes. And then we'll play them on our podcast. Yes. I think that's a little bit of an invasion of privacy for my dad. It might be. But you could still listen and then you could tell me what it was like. That's true. I'll reenact it for you. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Just print out, write a script, print out the part that I, I say. Oh, perfect. You can be the, the I'll be the therapist. Yeah, you'll be the therapist. Yeah, okay. And I'll be my dad. Wow. You thought that this was going to be a nice little trip to Switzerland, enjoy the holiday with your dad. 
go tour around Switzerland. And it was all about <laughs> ghosts. Speaking of the holidays, can I leave a little like clue trail for people that we were planning something for them? Oh yeah. Do it. We have a surprise that is going to start happening for the holidays. Ding 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 ding. I spent the entire car ride over to work this morning trying to find the damn uh, radio station that was playing Christmas songs. Oh, I can't find it out here either. I just put on the Spotify. Oh, that's smart. Playlist. But I ended up finding Ooh. it. Pentatonics. There, I know it's it's an older <gasps> I song, love the Pentatonics. but they're Hallelujah. I'm like, ooh, repeat. I know. They're it's so good. So good. They are coming to Boston. I think it's this next weekend. Are you going? And Casey and I, my roommate, we're looking up tickets, but they're too expensive. Oh. I was like looking up. There's actually it's really cool because I'm I'm searching for like christmas gifts right now and there's this stick that's like for survival it's this th- basically just this tube that filters water so it's for but, hikers yeah, the life, what is it called it's life straw yeah that's what it's straw. called and i'm like shit maybe i get that and then like i don't have to pay for water just walk outside and drink from the puddles um <laughs> <laughs> Chris, i don't know, I know i'm just trying to I, I kind of think you're joking, but <laughs> part of me is joking, but the other part of me is like, well, I won't have to bring a water bottle when I go. Yeah, but I feel like that's like a last cause type of thing. Like if you really can't access clean, already filtered water, here's you're right. It does say help. for emergency preparedness. But every but day could be an emergency to you. Every day we try to stay alive. Every day you could die. So every day is survival. I think I need the straw. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good uh, rationalization on your part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is is why I have too many things. Because I'm like, but maybe, maybe I need this one day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to start to like not get as many things in my life. I've been reading The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. That book. Is it good? It is, but it's basically also just saying the same thing over and over again, which I guess is to kind of pound it into your brain. Mm-hmm. But it has made me think of, of things differently. Like one of the topics that she talks about is how oftentimes when you are trying to move into the spot where you start to get rid of things that you don't need, you feel bad about getting rid of those things or just throwing them out. So you try to gift them to other people to still have a purpose. And she said that that's very overwhelming for people. So don't just be like, oh, I don't want these shoes. Here, sister or mom or someone, you take them. Because certain people's personalities are like, okay, fine. And they you then they become reminds, hoarders. You know what that reminds me of? What? Our dolls episode. <gasps> oh, giving away the dolls? <laughs> like sometimes you should just throw them out. <laughs> but say, say a pleasant goodbye. Mm-hmm. Thank them for their time in your life. And Thank then you for escort all the them. and terror you've given to me. And... Yep. And then blindfold them and drive them 200 miles away. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Ooh, what if you, like, went into the woods, like, hiked deep into the woods to drop the doll off? Like AI? What's that? Do you remember that movie, Artificial Intelligence? No, I never saw that. Corinne, you have to watch that movie. This is like Blade Runner. I've never seen Blade Runner. Or the, well, the book. It's like 
robots do not dream of electric sheep or something. But it's all about that, about like, do, do AI, do they have real feelings? Should we consider them as real people? That's why I don't like all of the artificial intelligence stuff. I know, me neither. Especially when they make them look like humans. Because well, because they- it, it feeds into your your caring need mm-hmm. and your empathy. And so it's like, it makes it more... It's one thing that, to use a computer and be like, okay, obviously this doesn't have feelings. But it, when you turn a computer to look into a human, then automatically you're going to think this person has feelings or this computer has feelings. Yeah. <sighs> because it looks like, like me and acts like either. me and I have feelings. There's a hotel, I think, in Japan that, I don't know if it's open yet, but their plan was to make it completely run by robots that like look like humans. <laughs> what? Oh, that seems like a horror movie. Like you're yeah. walking through the hall at night and then there's just like a, uh, like little especially robot. If it starts Especially if it starts glitching and it's like... Yeah, it's just banging its head into the wall. Oh, my God. (laughs) Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, speaking of terrifying. What? Adam Ellis has new updates on Dear David, but we decided to look together, so neither Mm -hmm. of us know what they are yet. Should we pull them up? Yes. Okay. I'm scared. Me too. It starts November 28th. So I'll basically just give a brief overview of his tweets from November 17th. So he realized, because he has some uneven parts of his ceiling in his apartment, he realized that his ceiling does not, it doesn't go all the way up to the rooftop. There's about a three foot difference that goes across the entire top of the apartment. And he's in a duplex. So there's just one apartment below and then his apartment up top. And then three feet of empty space. And he was like, hmm, that's weird. I wonder what they keep in the empty space or what that is. And he found a hatch in his hallway that goes up there. But it's right above the stairs, so he can't go in it. And he's contacted his landlord to see like if they can climb up. But in the meantime, he bought on Amazon this like, really big pole to basically reach up and hit the, the latch open. And try to see what's inside. And then... Which now... brings us to November 28th. Whew, okay. You want to start reading? Sure. His first tweet, he said, A lot has happened in the last week, but I was away for Thanksgiving, so I'm just now going to be able to write it all down. The noises from the ceiling haven't let up, but the pole I ordered didn't arrive before I had to leave for the holiday, so I didn't actually get it until late Friday night. I planned to investigate the next morning, and I went to bed. I'd barely fallen asleep when I woke up to an incredibly loud crash above me. It sounded like somebody had dropped a bowling ball. I bolted upright in bed and immediately felt strange. There was a weird energy all around me. I can't explain it. After a minute, I heard another crash. I briefly thought about grabbing my shoes and booking it. This is what I would do. Jesus. (laughs) Um, But it would mean passing under the hatch And that seemed like a bad idea. So instead, I just listened and waited, though I'm not sure for what. The crash happened again, and then again, probably 15 times in a row, followed by long silence. Then I heard a smaller, creaky sound from the hallway. In my mind, I registered it as a footstep, but it really could have been anything. 
I stayed still, but there were no more sounds after that. I lay back down, still tense and nervous, but I must have fallen asleep at some point because I woke up the next morning and everything seemed normal again. I got dressed and left. I'm like already looking ahead to the picture. It's scary. Okay. I got dressed and left to go get a bagel, same as every Saturday. As I made it down the stairs, something crunched under my feet. I looked down and I noticed a pile of debris on the stairs directly under the hatch. Ooh, there's a photo. He posted a photo of his stairs directly under the hatch and there's just a bunch of like dirt falling down. (sighs) And then the hatch right above. It looked like dirt, but I couldn't tell for certain. It could have been old plaster or something. I glanced up at the hatch and noticed something else particular. The edge of something was caught in it. What? Barely poking out. It's hard to see because it's so far up, but I took a photo. Oh my God. Oh my God. You can see like, it's like kind of like up a little bit on one side. Yeah. And he had taken pictures of the hatch previously and you can tell that 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 thing wasn't in it before in his photos from the 17th. Okay. At that point, bagels were the last thing on my mind. I went back upstairs and I grabbed the pole. I set my camera on the coat wardrobe at the top of the stairs and I hit record just to make sure it would be caught on video if a demon burst out the hatch. (laughs) Smart thinking, Adam. And then he said, here's a video and it's... Wait, okay, should we watch it together? Yeah. So he's moving the pole up. There's like, it honestly looks like there's like 12, 12 feet of space between where he's standing on the stairs and the hatch. Mm-hmm. So the pole is pushing on the hatch. <gasps> Wait, I'm not there yet. Oh. Yeah, you're freaking me out. <gasps> what was it? I don't know. He's, he just walked up to the camera and he looks a little concerned. <laughs> Okay, all right, something fell. It was dark and small from the hatch. So moving on to the rest of his suites. Okay, I jumped out of the way and practically fell down the stairs trying to dodge whatever it was that fell. At first, I thought it was a dead squirrel, which would honestly explain a lot. It hit the steps and bounced down to the first floor. I went upstairs to get my phone and collapsed the pole, since it's so long and unwieldy. Then went back downstairs to investigate the object that fell. At first, I wasn't even sure what it was. It was dingy, faded black. (gasps) Oh my god. I picked it up and realized what it was. It was a small leather shoe. Holy shit. It's like an old child's shoe. (laughs) I'm cold. I have tears welling up in my eyes. Okay. You do. I can see. I hustled back upstairs and texted my landlord. I told him I thought there was something in the crawl space and asked if he could investigate. He said he'd come by later with a ladder to check it out. A few hours later, my landlord was on a ladder, shining a flashlight into the crawl space. I stared up at him, half expecting something to grab him and yank him into the darkness. Yikes. He angled his flashlight all around and finally said, there's nothing up here. But then he was like, oh, wait. And I watched as he reached up into the emptiness with his free arm, and when he pulled it back, he had something small and round in his hand. He climbed down the ladder and handed it to me. Again, I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. It was smooth and and shiny, and at first I thought it was an old piece of candy. But it was cold and too heavy to be candy. And after a second, I realized it was a marble. It was so worn that it hadn't 
that I hadn't registered as a marble at first. Its shape was also sort of weird with a little bump on one end. Just like dear David's head. Ew. My landlord seemed unbothered for the most part. Uh, okay, dude. And he told me to call him if I heard anything else. I went inside and headed into my office to see if I could figure anything out about this marble that somehow made its way into my ceiling. I had nothing to go on, and in short, I didn't really learn much. But I did figure out the bump on the marble, I think. Apparently, in the early 1900s, they made marbles by hand and cut them with big metal scissors, which would mean the marble is probably really old. Anyway, now I have a decrepit old shoe and a marble sitting on my dresser. I guess this is the new normal. And that's it. That's the end of his updates. The shoe. The shoe. It makes me scared that he's keeping it in his apartment. Like, what if dear David comes down to grab his shoe again? Maybe that's all he's wanted this whole time is just to get that damn shoe. Oh, my God. But no, he was up in the crawl space. I know. I just wish that was what it was. Because he bumped the crawl space and all the debris came down. I know. How does he get back up into the crawl space? I don't know. I also wonder why Adam wouldn't go into the crawl space himself. Like why he wouldn't climb up the ladder when his landlord brought it. Why, though? I wouldn't. Considering he is the one who's had all these experiences, wouldn't he want to, like, have the landlord there while he climbs up to the crawl space? Not go in it, but just climb up, peek his head in, and see if dear David appeared to him? Maybe, but that's also really terrifying. And I feel like almost putting yourself... And the other thing, too, is maybe he wasn't allowed to. Right. Like, maybe but, when yeah. the landlord was there, it was like, oh, no, this is a safety hazard. I can't have you fall down in my presence and then sue me. Yeah. I just want to – it's just the part of me that wants the answers to be like – I know. This is really terrifying. And I'm still so in between of, like, what is happening. Yeah. Because there's – he has pictures and now he has physical – artifacts from this supposed spirit i wonder how old the building is his apartment i don't know it looks pretty old i swear one day i i one day this is either going to be an amazing movie or adam's just going to end up like clearly dear david wants something from him oh my gosh We want to know what everyone else thinks about Dear David. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is going on? Yeah. Number one. We'll post post in um, our Facebook group. Which we we already have quite a few threads about Dear David. But yeah, we want to know everybody's theories too. Because this is so so unique. It really is. Finding all of this evidence. (sighs) What if we could get Dear David on our show? What? No. No, wait, Adam. I meant Adam. <laughs> I was like, he's not sitting on my couch. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want Dear David. Okay. Yeah, we could get Adam. That would be, be awesome. Cool if we could get Adam on our... Right. And this is no no offense to Adam at all. I don't want him to feel like maybe there's something wrong with him. But being more sensitive, I almost wouldn't want to ever be near him. <laughs> because I wouldn't want David to notice me. You. <sighs> So, well, I don't know. We'll I hope update. everything. Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated out. if there's any other updates and talk about Dear David more. But yeah, should we get into our topic? We should. That's a good idea. 
what we come here for. We are talking about haunted campuses. Mm-hmm. So like college universities and campuses, this was suggested to us quite a few times by some of our listeners. Yeah, because I feel like a ton of people have their own experiences with haunted colleges and campuses. Right, because so many universities are old too, and they're huge. A lot of them take up a lot of space, so they're near cemeteries or have been given old buildings to use as Mm -hmm. offices or whatever, so... Should we start by talking about our own experiences at our college? At LMU? I don't have any personal experiences. I think you do. I have so many. Though we have, we, Corinne and I once went ghost hunting on LMU campus. We did. We did. It was freshman year. Well, mm-hmm. did we go, were you with me when we went into the theater? No, you were with Izzy with that one. Oh, Izzy and I went. And then you guys came like, back to my room afterwards. Yes. <laughs> okay. Should I start with some of the stuff that happened? Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, my freshman year, I lived in where'd I live? Whalen. Whalen. I lived in that freshman dorm. And we were on the third floor. So the first two floors were guys and the third floor was girls. And A bunch of us on the third floor. I don't know about the guys because we never talked about it with them. But a bunch of us on the third floor had paranormal experiences. One time I was in the bathroom. And it's a communal bathroom. So there are a bunch of bathrooms and showers. Just a bunch of stalls. And it was the middle of the night. And I'm in there completely alone. Like all of the, the stalls were open. And I go in. Use the bathroom. And as I'm using the bathroom, I see bare feet walk between like underneath I can see underneath the stall door bare feet walk by and I just finished in the bathroom so as soon as the feet walk by I open the stall door and no one is there I was completely alone in the bathroom and then another thing that happened was um myself and Jenny my roommate and then I believe Marissa and Brianna might have been in the room as well We were all in the room because Brianna and Marissa were directly across from Jenny and I. So we always had our doors open. We were always in each other's dorm rooms. So they were in me and Jenny's room. And we were all on my bed and around my computer doing things and watching videos or whatever. And Jenny had some beads strung up on her desk. And all of a sudden, the string of beads just went flying like, like back and forth, back and forth. It was like your pendulum story. Yeah. So we all flipped our shit and ran into a different room. We were all, like, dying. Mm. So scared. Um, And then in Marissa and Brianna's room, one time, one of them woke up in the middle of the night and thought they saw a man standing at the post of their bed. No, 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 no. I hate that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were just, like, a few other things that happened in Wayland, that was terrifying. So sophomore year comes around and we're like, ah, oh, great. We get to move somewhere else. We won't be haunted. Joke is on us. We got the most haunted room in McKay. So the four of us decide to live together. The first day we move in, our friend Chase texts me and he goes, you need to come sage my room or like do something to my room. And I was like, what happened? He said he walked into his room on the first floor and there was a girl standing in the middle of his room and she disappeared. So that was the very first thing to happen on move-in day. Oh, my God. And then in our specific room, there was a girl, so probably the same girl, 
there was a girl, she was, um, I was the only one that like caught a glimpse of her. She had brown hair mm-hmm. and was thin, but, and just like looked normal. But every single one of us living in that dorm room had experiences. So we had two dorms that were connected by a shared bathroom. So four of us had like a little suite. Mm-hmm. And if anyone came back and was in one room, you would hear laughter and talking in the other room and you'd walk through the bathroom and no one would be in the other room. Every single one of us had this experience. If ever you came back to the room and you were completely alone, you would always hear laughter and talking in the other room. That's so strange. Basically. Yeah, it happened quite frequently. Um, one time I was napping and I thought Jenny had walked in because I was like kind of like in and out of it and I like looked over and a girl walked by and like t- stopped and like looked down at me and was looking like observing me sleeping and I was like that's probably just Jenny and I was like fluttering my eyes and I was like Ugh. and then I closed my eyes for like two seconds and I was like wait Jenny's working and I opened my eyes again and no one was there so that's why I was like she's brunette because I like I saw her for a second oh what else happened? Wait, you've had so stuff. many at LMU. Yeah, uh, the, the only one I had is the one that I t- that I we told in the first episode. The oh, one. freshman year, yeah, yeah. When I had to come over and sage her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we had a lot in this specific room. Marissa specifically had a lot. We think that Marissa must have slept like on the same side of the room and in the the same bed. I guess maybe as this girl when she was at LMU because Marissa was, as we say, targeted in in there. Because most of us just like heard talking or like saw weird things out of the corner of our okay. eyes. We'll have, yeah, we'll have a whole Marissa episode because. Because she, when we moved off campus, again, thinking maybe we lucked out, mm-hmm. Marissa had so many things happen to her in our house yeah. that we lived in junior, senior year. But yeah, okay. so a lot of stuff happened on campus. Yeah, to you, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and too, so we had all of these experiences happen to us in in our sophomore year dorm in McKay. And we always told everyone, and we're like, our our room is haunted, our room is haunted. And everyone's like, that's not the haunted dorm, because there's a rumor about some girl who was anorexic and fell behind her bed and died there and is haunting one of the dorms. Yeah, I think that story has changed a lot through the years. I don't think that's the real story, but I don't well, I don't think so either because my roommate Jenny, she worked on campus and her boss was good friends with someone in student housing mm-hmm. and the second to last week that we were living in McKay, the woman's like chatting with her friend and Jenny's kind of like eavesdropping. And then she starts talking about just like any of the deaths that happened on campus and any of the hauntings. And Jenny goes, oh, we think that our dorm is haunted. And she was like, well, what dorm do you live in? And she said, McKay. And she goes, well, I won't tell you anything more, but I will tell you that the death happened on the fourth floor of McKay. And we were on the fourth floor. So we're like, it's for sure our room. Well, that makes sense then. At least there's like logic behind why you were experiencing things. And you didn't have any more besides freshman year, so that was nice that you just (laughs) avoided. Smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. I had, like, ghost experiences, like, dream things about my own life, but not anything related to LMU. You tend to get more of your paranormal experiences through your dreams, which must be more pleasant. Yeah, I have very weird dreams, like, very, very vivid dreams all the time. All the time. Wow. 
And also since working at Blindspot, a lot of my dreams are like fighting for my life dreams. <laughs> I have those a lot too. Me and my oh. brother were talking about that over Thanksgiving. We're like, we both have very dark, like horror movie dreams almost yeah. every night. And if we wrote them down, we could probably write a movie. Mm-hmm. What is wrong Me too. with us? Me too. Same thing. Also, the last three nights I've woke, woken up at 3 a.m. <gasps> Wide awake. Ooh. And, like, I, I don't feel weird or anything, but it's just, like, the witching hour, so it freaks me out. But Wednesday, I told you, I woke up at 3 a.m. and could not go back to sleep, so I was up. I just, like, went outside and read a book. Oh, but my God. Then Thursday night, I woke up at 3 a.m. Did you, like, calculate the time change between here and Switzerland? Does it make sense that you're waking up at 3 a.m.? No, because they're nine hours ahead. So that'd be me waking up at noon. Yeah. At least you're not waking up at midnight because that's when Dear David comes. Stop. It's 3 a.m. I know, but that I don't want to. But what if I wake up at midnight now tonight? Actually, <laughs> I can cut this out. I know we're having a long episode. But tonight, um, for Nick and I's fifth anniversary, I'm taking him to um, dinner. But it's we're going to – it's called Opaque, and it's blind dining. Wait, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. I could so never do it because I am allergic to things, so I would have to know what I'm eating and see the no, food. No, no, you, 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 you can choose what you eat. There, oh. there's an option to do a mystery menu. I mean, I'm vegetarian, so I have to know what I'm eating. Yeah. But um, there's an option to do a mystery menu. But you're served by blind waiters and everything, so I'm excited. And I'm like nervous because I think it's pitch black when you go in. This is gonna be so cool. I know, wait, I you don't wait have to, to cut you. this out. Okay, I'll keep it. Yeah, because your you. anniversary will have passed by the – you guys will have already done it. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what an experience. I wonder if your senses will, like, get stronger and yeah. you'll taste food more in that I, I, brief moment. Yeah. I don't want to think about it too much because I want to go into the experience not having any expectations and just, like, right. experience it. Okay, well, report back next week because that sounds awesome. I will. Should we read our stories? Should I? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Since yeah, I just yeah. blurted out a ton of stuff that happened to LMU. Okay. So since I was in Switzerland, I did a European. Ooh, nice. Um, I we need to Scotland. do more European. I know. Or just stuff outside of the U.S. Because there's, I mean, the U.S. is newer. Right. So well, I feel like the old, old hauntings are elsewhere. My, the one I did is St. Andrew's University in Scotland. It is the oldest university in Scotland and the third oldest in the English-speaking world. Wow. <laughs> so this is history, like way back. Damn. Uh, it's located in the town of St. Andrew's, which is a small seaside town of, on Scotland's east coast. And it is known as one of Scotland's most haunted locations. So a little bit of the history about the town, because the town is super haunted, um, during medieval times, it was the religious center of Scotland. The town remained a religious powerhouse until the 16th century when the Reformation arrived. During that time, many of the historic buildings were destroyed, and now the ruins of once beautiful cathedral and castles are all that remain of them, and they still remain today. Oh, that must be pretty. Yeah, but they're like ruins, so it's kind of creepy. It's like pieces of buildings. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
And uh, there were people who were in charge of the church who decided not to live by the church rules and brought conflict, bloodshed, assassinations, and brutal executions to the streets where many people believe the spirits of those victims still walk. There are reportedly over 400 locations where ghosts are said to roam in the town of St. Andrews. And so the school was founded in 1410 and granted university status in 1413. 14, 1413 is when it became a university? Yeah. Gee, whoa. I know. That's so old. I know. This is going to sound so ignorant, but, like, I did not even know people were, like, continuing their education back then. (laughs) Well, I don't think a lot of people were. I think it was, like, the very elite. and That's unreal. Wow. I know. We've been learned for a while. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So a lot of the buildings were built within and around the historic buildings that were destroyed. So some of the remnants of the old castles and churches are like on the campus grounds and built next to or in and around the current buildings. (laughs) So one of the oldest dorms was built in the 12th century while the newest one was built in 2000. Mm -hmm. Um, And the school really reminds me of Hogwarts. And I'm really interested to know if JK Rowling was inspired by this because the students wear gowns. They wear, they have a different colored gowns based on what their, their focus is or what, if they're undergraduate versus graduate students. I wish we had that. That's so cool. I don't think they wear them every day, but they wear them to chapel services, formal dinners, meetings, and then like giving prospective student tours and on St. Andrew's Day. So like they wear them for like special occasions, I guess. Um, there are two major ghosts that are known to be haunting the campus, but when I was researching it, they are, I can't even count how many ghosts there were. Oh the stories God. of the town. Um, so the first one is Patrick Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And there's a legend. Well, okay. So this is a kind of a cool fact about the town. Around the town, there are these cobblestone markings that denote where Protestant martyrs were burnt at the stake. So they have like the initials of the person who was killed. Mm-hmm. And so there's one mark, one stone that's marked PH outside of the main gate of one of the colleges within the university. And it stands for Patrick Hamilton, who was martyred in 1528. So there's, there's a, a school legend that if you step on the stone, it will cause the student to be cursed and fail their degree. So students oh my jump God. over it. That's yes. terrible. I know. But kind of funny. It's, like, interesting how legends, you know, come about. and how All the kids are, like, tiptoeing around the stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of like how at LMU you get thrown into the fountain at, on your birthday, and that's, like, yeah. tradition. Mm-hmm. But this is, like, don't step on the stone or you'll fail. <laughs> um, Some so kid whose of- parents made them go to school is, like, sitting on the stone, rubbing himself on the stone. <laughs> get me out of here. So creepy. So creepy, especially because that's where this guy was burnt at the stake. Yeah. <laughs> So students jump over it, and if you accidentally step on it, you can remove the curse by running backwards around the college campus eight times while naked. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see that. That's horrible. (laughs) But also hilarious. Oh, my God. Those poor kids. I bet people do it. If they accidentally step on it, they probably freak out and do yeah, it. Yeah, they fail their next test. They're like, shit, now I gotta get naked. Yeah. 
Um, and then there's another way to do it, which is participating in the May dip, which is just run and jump into the water. But I think there's more history to it. That might be preferred. Yeah, probably easier too. <laughs> uh, Patrick Hamilton. So Patrick Hamilton was a 16th century student and teacher at St. Andrews University. He was a Protestant reformer and was charged with heresy and sentenced to burn at the stake. And in February of 1528, Patrick Hamilton was burnt at the stake outside of the front entrance to St. Salvatore's Chapel. But it took a lot longer for him to die than expected. And this is a warning to all of our listeners. Um, what I'm about to say is a little graphic. So the 21-year-old burned from noon until 6 p.m. as his executioners struggled to get the fire going. Uh, at one point, gunpowder was placed under Hamilton's arms, causing severe injury to his hands and face, but the flames still refused to rise. Hamilton's final words before he perished were, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Six hours. Yeah. So. You must feel it. Oh, absolutely. Because when you're actually burned, if you're, from what I hear, if you're like burned properly, it's only like 10 to 20 seconds or so before your nerves burn off and then you can't actually feel what's happening. And I've also heard burning is like, is the absolute worst way to die. My God. The people that light themselves on fire. Because you can like, it takes a long time to actually kill you. And I think you die from the shock and not from the fire. I'd rather just. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So a scorched image of what looks like his face is said to be burnt to have been burned into the stone of the tower he was facing while being burnt alive and if people look up they're they've said that they've seen him looking down on down on them and a lot of students have said that they've experienced the sound of crackling and the smell of burning flesh near the execution site oh my god yeah that's so unsettling Mm mm-hmm Okay, and then the second most common ghost scene on campus is the white lady, which I we have to do an episode about white ladies because there are so many. There are a million white ladies. We should. We should. Also, That's when good I idea. die, I hope I'm wearing like a purple, a bright purple or like a neon pink Barbie colored dress <laughs> and I become the pink lady. <laughs> There's definitely a pink lady too. Is there? Or am I just thinking of in like Greece, oh, Greece. or something? The pink ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But like, why does every? Why do they all have to be wearing white? Come on, there's just so many white ladies. So I put in our topic list that we should do an episode about. White okay, ladies. perfect. Okay, so she is St. Andrew's most celebrated ghost. Um, she's an apparition that is said to be seen inside the university's cathedral grounds, dressed in a long white dress with hair down to her waist. And uh, apparently most sightings occur during the months of October and November. And on one occasion, she passed through an iron gate, scaring a group of fishermen on the way up from the harbor. The sightings date back to the 1800s and continue all the way till today. She has been seen so often that some people stay clear of the area after dark. And the tower has then has thus become known as the haunted tower. In many stories, the white lady glides silently across along and then vanishes near the haunted tower. Uh, in 1886, two stonemasons were repairing a nearby defensive tower 
and they broke into a sealed chamber where they discovered a number of coffins. One of the coffins laid open and they peeked inside and saw a very well-preserved body of a young woman in a white dress wearing white leather gloves with hair down to her waist. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Confirmation. Right. But her ide- her identity is unknown. There are two theories of who she is, but it's crazy that they walked in there and they just the the coffin was open. Yeah, it was like, "Oh, you were this is what you're looking for." And Here it was a go. sealed Here chamber too. So it wasn't like someone has had recently gone in there and opened it. It must have been open for a long time. Right. Which makes me wonder is that why her soul remains? Be- like maybe someone back in the day tried to break in or something or stole jewelry off of oh. her and left her coffin ajar. And that's why she still haunts the premise because she's looking for them or she was. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder. Okay. Well, there are two theories to who know. she is. The first is that she's a former nun and it that has that could have some truth behind it because the ruin was home to a convent and then those who have witnessed the ghost of the white lady some of them say that she had a veil over her face and it is thought that in life the woman became so badly disfigured that she became a nun and so she could hide away from people and the urban myth has grown that if you see her she will beckon you to her and you will feel compelled to go to her she will lift her her veil to reveal a hideous face that will drive you insane. Which is like, just really sad. It's like, ugh, this woman has had, had a hard enough time, but the myth is kept popular because in the early 1960s, a student from St. Andrews university is reputed to have seen the woman and seen her face. And he instantly became mad. He was found slumped over stones in the morning saying the nun, the nun, the nun, the nun, the nun. Over and over again, he was taken. He was taken to a nearby mental institution where he remained all of his life. The other story to who they think the woman is, the other one is just the the unknown woman from the uh, crypt or from the sealed chamber. So that's not really whatever. But so the last thing about the campus is because it's so old, there are all these secret passageways to the castles from within the dorms and all the buildings of the campus. You can like find secret passageways that go to other historic buildings in in the town. Oh, my God. It is like Harry Potter. And I found this like student board discussion group online that was like from a a freshman student or first year, as they call it, who wanted (laughs) – you would join like their the <laughs> group. Um, and someone said that someone died horribly in the top room of Wardlaw, which I think I believe is a uh, building on campus. Um, mm-hmm. But the building is no longer occupied because it had too many, too few ways to get out in case of a fire. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot going on I in this know. campus. But it's really old, so I guess that makes and sense. And especially, like, there's so much ter- – there's so many terrible things that happened in the town that it makes right. sense. Right. There would be so many – Tragedy after tragedy. Yeah, so many unrested spirits. Wow. Yeah. I want to go, and I want to wear a robe and go into the secret tunnel. That's my dream. Yeah, it really does sound like Harry Potter. But the ghosts are just not like um, the ones in Harry Potter. No. 
Not quite. Well, maybe. Maybe there are some that are like that. Well. Do you want to tell me yours? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mine's in the U.S. It's, I looked up, I googled <laughs> haunted campuses. And on most of the lists, Ohio University was close, if not no at way. the top. So I was like, yeah, you got to do this one. So Ohio University is in Athens, Ohio. And I said it's arguably one of the most haunted campuses in wow. the U.S. Because that's what the links told me. But yeah, so I chose Ohio University. And also, I was very surprised to know that it was this haunted. Because I always think of it as just like a party school, football, rah-rah. I don't know much about it. Interesting. Snow. Cold. Hmm. But yeah, so it's it's super haunted. The university was established in 1804, so about 400 <laughs> years after yours. Hey, that's so long time ago. <laughs> I wrote, it's so old, but now <laughs> I regret writing that. Oh, well, relative to our country, it's old. It's, yeah, it's old. So 1804, <laughs> these scholars were like, la, 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 this would be such a nice campus. Let's make a university here. And then 70 years later, in 1874, a mental hospital called the Athens Lunatic Asylum was built, like, right next door okay. to the campus. So All right. that was inconvenient for yeah. them. I looked up how long it would take, basically, to walk between the campus and where this was, and it was, like, a 10-minute walk, if that. So huh. very yeah. close. And basically this campus, because I looked at the map, it's spread out. So it's, like, one of the ones that's more... You know when a college campus is in a city and it's spread and there's especially, local yeah, shops and stuff between especially buildings. Especially a bigger school, like has a bigger student population. Right. Yeah. So it's like that. So there's a lot in between it. Um, but the asylum, more recently known as the Ridges for anyone that lives in that area and doesn't know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, it's now called the Ridges or it was called the Ridges. But it closed in 1993. Um, and I'm sure birth, very yeah. haunted. Mine too. Yeah, yeah. Our birth year. So the asylum was known for inhumane practices like lobotomies. And many, many people died there because it became very overcrowded towards the end of its practice. And one woman, Margaret Schilling, was said to have gone missing from the asylum and was not found for a full month. And she was deceased when she was found. And there's still a stain on the floor from where her body was left rotting for a month. Oh. So that's Ew. like right next to the oh campus. My gosh. That is so There are terrifying. also a few. Oh, I know. <laughs> like so yeah. gross. So horrible for her too. I'm sure she was so scared because, I mean, she probably didn't know where she was or that's what was going on. That's also my nightmare to not be found for a month. Right. Yeah, you need one of those survival straws. <laughs> True. Life, life straw. <laughs> life straw. So you'll be prepared, Corinne. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never going to die. There are also a few cemeteries that are around the area, trickled throughout campus. And many of them, unfortunately, have been vandalized uh, by students and just local Mm -hmm. people wrecking the tombstones and whatnot. Gosh. And people have reported hearing screams and seeing lights move throughout the cemetery grounds. But... I don't think that that's nearly as freaky as what happens in the university residence halls. So I'm going to talk about a couple of the buildings, but mostly I'm going to talk about residence halls because that's where you send your children to live. I know. Wilson Hall is a residence hall on Ohio University's campus. 
and it has quite a bit of paranormal activity. Apparently, there are five cemeteries that form a pentagram, and Wilson Hall is somewhere in the middle oh? of those five cemeteries. A rumor has it. No. It's also rumored to be built on top of an ancient Indian burial ground. Okay, this is set up for failure. I know. <laughs> but, but really, a lot of the activity is just surrounding one particular room in Wilson Hall. In the 1970s, there was a college student that mysteriously died in room 428. And every person that lived in that room after reported objects moving on their own and hearing strange noises, which I'm sure was presumed to be the man that passed away there. And uh, as if things couldn't get worse, a woman moved into the room. She practiced occultism and was trying to learn astral travel. And then she violently died basically, in the room. So her friends became worried for her because she started speaking in strange tongues and acting weird, and they were trying to start to intervene, but before they could really help her, she ended up committing suicide and just leaping from the window. So two people died in that room. Oh, my God, that's so And the school was like, okay, let's just close this room off. And so after her death, it wasn't reopened again, so no one could live in it. And it's turned into a boiler room. Um, but oh, my gosh. In addition to hearing the noises and seeing objects move around, people have also reported seeing shadowy figure nearby or in the boiler room. Washington Hall also has spirits. It has a phantom basketball team. They People report sounds of basketballs being bounced down empty halls. And the haunting is supposedly that of a girls' high school basketball team that visited the campus, at, the campus, but then they passed away. They died tragically on a, their way home via a bus accident, and then they stayed on washing in Washington Hall when they were on campus. So the legend has that has it that they returned to Washington Hall because they didn't make it home. So they went back and now haunt the halls by dribbling basketballs. Whoa. But the other rumor is, or the other legend, is that it's actually a male basketball team or male basketball players because the top floor of Washington Hall used to be the rec room when it was just an all-boys school. Oh, my gosh. So that might be a little more realistic, hopefully. Although I kind of like the first A whole team of girls didn't die. I would like to think that a whole girls team didn't die, but I kind of like the idea that they went back and are just playing ball in the halls. Yeah, all the high schoolers just dribbling, yeah. dribbling around. Yet another residence hall where you send your poor oh, children no. to live, first time away from home to fend for themselves, is in Jefferson Hall, where residents report hearing what sounds like hundreds of marbles being dropped at, from the top floor, which reminds me of Dear David. Yeah, me too. That's the first thing I thought. The floor is completely empty. The top floor, there's nothing in it. Lights turn on and off, toilets flush on their own, and one girl witnessed toilet paper unraveling on its own. Maybe it's a ghost And not only that, maybe, (laughs) maybe. That's a nice thought. But not only that, in 1996, students were exploring the attic, Mm -mm. and as they were up there, they turned into an empty room that wasn't used, it was abandoned. And they see a woman right there. And they they turn to, like, say hello to her because they don't realize at first that she's a ghost. 
But then they notice that she's transparent and she's floating and she's wearing clothes that look like they're from the 1950s. Oh, my gosh. So the students book it out of there. They run to their RA and the RA returns with them to the room and the room is locked and empty. So it had just been locked as soon as they left. What's with ghosts locking doors when they and like unlocking them when they want specific people to see it? I feel like that happens a lot. It does. It's very strange. I don't know. Maybe it's because they want it to be spooky and legends and not everyone can just come see them, you know? It's got to be like a few here and like there. Like a ghost who make a legend about themselves. Right. They're like, I can't just give it to everyone. I have to be selective. I like that. I hope I'm that smart when I'm a ghost. <laughs> I'm sure you will be. Thank you. I'm not sure that you'll lock yourself in one specific room, but. Oh, I'll do like multiple. <clears throat> I want to walk on, walk on highways at night. Oh, that's so freaky. You see a woman and you stop and turn to see if she's okay. But then no one's there. You are so terrifying. <laughs> Ooh, or I'll climb trees, like really tall trees, and I'll just be like 50 feet up. And everyone will be like, there's a woman up there. Like, get her down. And then I disappear. They bring the fire trucks and the ladders, and then no one's there. And then I fall down, <gasps> but then I disappear as I fall. Oh, my gosh. You're going to traumatize some poor people. And yeah, maybe I should rethink that. I don't know. What I don't know what to do. I'll think of things. Yeah. I'll think of things. I hopefully have some time. Yeah. You have to pick the right – if you're going to do that, you have to pick someone who's, like, a bad person. Like, someone who killed someone right. and then, like, forced them to see that. You know what I'll do? I've decided what I'm okay. going to do because I already do this in my present life, mm-hmm. but I'm going to continue it as a ghost. I'm going to go into stores, maybe some of my faves, maybe, like, Pier 1 Imports <laughs> or Home Goods, and I'm going to help make the shelves look nicer. So if things are misplaced or out of order, I like to put them back where they should be. So I will help that. It's ghost labor. Help with home improvement and home decor shopping. I digress, though. Let's go back to the hauntings. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Another residence hall, Crawford Hall, has another death in its history. There was a young woman named Laura, and she fell from the fourth floor after Easter of 93. And ever since then, the lights in Crawford Hall have turned on and off on their own. Doors have opened and closed on their own. And an RA reported being woken up by the silhouette of a girl who had somehow entered his room. He woke up because the door was opening and there was a girl. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, I've woken you. And then like backed out and shut the door. And he immediately jumped out of bed and opened the door to see what was going on. And, like, look in the hallway. That's his job. He's an RA. And no one was anywhere. I'm sorry. I've woken you. What? Was she just trying to watch him? Maybe it was her room and she... (gasps) Oh, interesting. Oh, my gosh. ...crossed into the plane momentarily and was like, oh! Wait, that's so interesting. Another weird phenomena that's happened in this hall Mm -hmm. has to do with music and music selection. People have experienced resistance from their speakers when trying to play Bob Marley's song, Laura. And the girl's name that died in 1993 is Laura. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, so like when people had CD players and stuff, it just wouldn't play. That is amazing. It's a good sign. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, a good go-to for a ghost to be like, well, now this is a good way to let you know right. that I'm here. Oh my gosh. I also look so creepy because the sun has shifted 
And my face is like half by half I'm dark. I'm to take a picture. My phone is also <laughs> overheating. Okay, got it. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> In Perkins Hall, students have heard Phantom laughing. <gasps> They've heard Phantom, hello, and electronics turning on and off and fans moving without any wind, like the blades of fans turning. Oh, my gosh. In Voight Hall, this just goes on There's and on. so many. In Voight Hall, a freshman student woke up in the middle of the night and thought she heard things moving around on her desk. And she was like, oh, whatever, and went back to sleep. And then when she woke up in the morning and looked at her desk, things had been shuffled around. Items were thrown on the floor. There was pieces of paper that were torn. Mm. And so about a month passes, and then she wakes up in the middle of the night and hears the same thing. And she turns to look this time, and she saw a woman dressed in dark clothing staring at her and was standing in front of her closet door. No, 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 no. Oh, my So gosh. the girl is, like, staring at this ghost. She said she maintained eye contact for, like, a minute or two. And then she was like, okay, all right. Uh, I'll just roll back over and pretend that this isn't happening. I hate So she rolls back that. over. But she's still awake, and she hears stuff moving again on her desk, and, like, her computer keys, like, clicking. No. It reminds me of your story uh, at your friend's house. Oh, yes. Um, And in Cutler Hall, there is a spirit that resides in the bell tower up at the top, so not actually in the hall itself, but in the bell tower. And... There are probably a few more haunted halls that I didn't get to, but I just stopped after this because I was like, geez, this is a lot. Oh, my gosh. And then really quick, I'm going to touch on Greek life. Okay. So there are over 30 fraternities and sororities on Ohio University's campus. So obviously some of them are going to be haunted Mm -hmm. because they're oftentimes big old mansions or properties that sororities and fraternities, Greek life, will build on top of. So, uh, Delta Tau Delta fraternity stole a tombstone from some okay. cemetery. So it's one of, one of the haunted places in, Ugh. in that area. And it's actually supposedly Sims Cemetery is one of the most haunted places in the country. But they, so these guys, these little frat bros ran over and stole a tombstone from one of the most haunted places in the country. Cause they think they're invincible. This, right. It was probably some stupid hazing, like, right. oh, to get in our fraternity, you have to go do this. Yeah. And they started experiencing paranormal activity almost immediately after taking the tombstone. So then they returned the tombstone, and the activity stopped. There you go. There was also, or there is, a slave that supposedly haunts the Sigep house. The house has switched hands multiple times. So there's a bunch of different fraternities and sororities who have taken over the house over time. And who knows why they switched, if it was to do with paranormal activity or how they make that decision. Right. But SIGEP, Sigma Phi Epsilon, currently is is uh, in possession of that house. Those are the lucky guys that get to live there. Lucky, lucky. This house used to be a stop on the Underground Railroad. Wait, that's but cool. it was exposed, and locals stormed it and found this person, no. Nicodemus, which is the, the supposed slave that haunts the Sigep house and they killed him so now he haunts the house that's so sad uh the brown house was donated to the university by millie brown who enjoyed people 
or people watching. So she would sit in her house and she had a, a big pool in the back of her house as well. And so all the neighborhood children would come over with their parents and swim in her pool. And she just like loved hosting and watching everyone in her community. Um, and supposedly you can see Millie Brown looking out her window and you can still hear the sounds of the swimming pool that used to be in the backyard, but is no longer there. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The Convocation Center also has ghosts. So the Convocation Center is where the, the Ohio University basketball team plays. Okay. And also part of the Convocation Center, part of that building has dorms as well. So it's dual purpose. And the ghost of a student who died in her sleep remains in the building and re- reportedly wraps herself around the unlucky person who's put in the same room as her. No. So where she used to sleep in her room, people have reported feeling like there's someone wrapping themselves, like hugging them tight. They're treating, the ghost is treating the person as a body pillow. Literally. (laughs) Another room has a haunted closet and the doors open and close on its own and books and clothes will fly off the shelves. And the legend is that an RA was killed there by an abusive boyfriend and, and she still walks around the halls and checks on oh. residents and makes sure doors are locked and touches things and does At least stuff. That's a sweet ghost. Mm-hmm. And one last thing mm-hmm. to tie it back to the Native Americans. College Green is the location of many Native American sightings. And people see Stoud, which is a headless buffalo mm-hmm. who was killed during the Civil War. And they also hear Native American chanting. Whoa. So there is a whole array of hauntings here. Seriously. You've got the mental hospital. Mm. You've got deceased students. You've got Native Americans and animals. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But let's wrap it up with one story that I have been waiting to read. And I'm so glad we're doing this episode because I was like, shit, this is good. I'm excited. Also, I have I have a listener story that's pretty short, so I can do it afterwards, too. Okay, perfect. You do yours first. Okay. Oh, my gosh, my fruit fly is back. It just came back. Oh, I'm so happy. It's been missing for, like, three weeks. Because I've I was thinking it. about him. You had him? I swear, I've had a fruit fly around. Okay, because for three weeks, he's been missing. And I was like, where's my fruit fly? And I woke up in the middle of the night and heard buzzing by my ear. And I was like, oh, my God, is it crawling into my ear? And I couldn't find him for three weeks. And I started to get concerned because he's been around me for like two or three years. But he's back. Uh, The world can rest again. Finally, I have my person watching over me again. He was watching over you while you were in Switzerland. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I'll read the story. Okay. This is from Kelsey. And... Her subject line is Haunted College. Very straightforward. Uh, hey, Sabrina and Corinne. Love the podcast. I have a lot of ghost stories because apparently they follow me. That's terrifying. <laughs> but I wanted to share some of my most spooky ones. I went to Stonehill College, a very small college in Massachusetts, for those who don't know. And the school. I was about to say, I know this college. You do? Because I'm in math. Right. So. And the school is pretty haunted. Sophomore year at around 2 a.m., I woke up to my roommate clawing at the window, frantically trying to open it. I was alarmed and asked her what she was doing. She turned to the darkest corner of the room, points, and says, He's making me. What? (laughs) 
I obviously freaked out and told her to go back to bed. A week later, we woke up and her chair was pulled out away from her desk. The night before she woke up at around 2 a.m. again said, I'm sorry, I'm being rude. Would you like to have a seat? Towards the same dark section of the room. She then Is she aware that she's doing that? Or is she like in a dream state as I she's asked, doing this stuff? I, I have no idea. I asked if she uh, asked her roommate about it, but she didn't answer. So she doesn't say that her roommate's aware of it. But um, she then pulled out her chair and fell back asleep. I lived with her for the next few years for some crazy reason. I guess I like being terrified at night. Kelsey. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So who knows if her roommate is aware that she's doing that, but she's very clearly talking to some spirit and inviting him to sit. But then the whole clawing at the window, that's terrifying. That's He's making really me. scary. It doesn't sound like her roommate's aware of what she's doing. No, but it also sounds like something. And negative. then, because wouldn't you address it in the morning? I, right. I don't know. I'd be terrified to live with that. Yeah, happening. to wake up to that, I'd be like, I would grab her and sprint the hell out of that room. Oh my god. Yeah. Because <gasps> that's like, that's like. I was going to say, it could be like sleepwalking and sleep talking, but it's it's all related. It's like right. going back to the same person. So, no. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. Okay, well. Your turn. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> this is from Mackenzie. Okay. She said, hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Mackenzie, and I just started listening to and obsessing over your podcast after my other favorite podcast, Ghost in the Burbs, recommended you two. Thanks. I wanted to share my most recent ghostly encounter with you. This is a tad long and detailed, so I apologize in advance. It's not that long. It's necessary. Also, Corinne is her middle name, so she's like my friend. Oh, my gosh. I should start by saying I'm currently in my senior year of college at a very large school in New Jersey. (gasps) I wonder which one one it is. Probably Rutgers. Maybe. In 2016, I transferred from community college and moved on campus, so it was my first time living away from home with roommates. I lived in an apartment with three other transfer girls, and for the sake of privacy, I'll change their names, and we'll call them Renee, Amy, and Elena. The apartments we lived in were built in the 60s and were pretty far away from the central part of campus. Our particular unit also faced the woods. I roomed with Renee and Amy and Elena roomed together. As soon as we moved in, everybody in the apartment had weird vibes from Elena. She was really quiet and didn't seem too excited about living with us. We didn't think too much of it, but as the semester progressed, tension rose between the three of us and Elena. There were a few incidents when Elena would steal food, take money, clothes, even medication, and deny doing it. Elena also never brought friends over, and so none of us really got to know her too well. Renee, Amy, and I were very close and even roomed together the following year, so none of us thought it could have been one of us stealing from each other. And the worst situation is when the three of us went to a party and came back in the middle of the night, and Elena was peeing on the floor in the living room by herself. It's like The Exorcist. Right. And this is what I'm thinking it was. I responded, and I was like, dude, this sounds like the beginning of a possession. Oh, my God. After each and every incident, Elena would leave for a few days, even in the middle of the week, come back and act as if nothing had happened. She also would be extra nice to us afterwards, 
the apartment itself had a very eerie, creepy vibe to it. To make this next part easier to understand, I'll explain the layout of the apartment. If you walked in the front door, the kitchen was all along the left side of the apartment, and the living room was to your right. After the kitchen, there was a hallway, so the left side is the kitchen, and after the kitchen, there's a hallway which had our bedrooms to the right. The bathroom was parallel to the front door, so when you walked in, you could look directly down the hall to the bathroom. Whenever I washed dishes in the kitchen, I always felt a presence and could see a tall, dark figure in the corner of my eye standing in the hallway. Amy, who roomed with Elena, also mentioned a few times that when she was just about to fall asleep or just waking up, she felt as if someone was standing inches from her face, as if they were staring at her while she slept. Sometimes she would even hear whispering. That's my worst nightmare. This is terrifying. (laughs) One day I came. This is the part that I hate. Okay. One day. I came back to the apartment earlier than usual as I was not feeling well or my class had been canceled. I don't really know. I was home alone when I went to use the bathroom. While I was there, I distinctly heard our front door open and shut. They were really heavy metal doors. I assumed one of my roommates came home early too. I, I assumed one of my roommates came home early too. I was walking out of the bathroom past my bedroom towards the kitchen and living room when I noticed Elena in my bedroom. Mm -mm. This was odd, and Elena and I had not been speaking at this point, and she also roomed with Amy. I turned around and walked back towards my room to confront her about what she was doing. As I stood in the doorway, I realized there was no one in my room, let alone the entire apartment. The figure I saw looked exactly like Elena, except she was hunched over in a weird contorted position and her hair was incredibly messy. Later, I asked Amy and Renee if they thought Elena was playing a trick on me, but Renee said that Elena had went home for the weekend the night before. A few weeks later, Elena came home in the middle of the night so intoxicated we had to call an ambulance for her. None of us had heard from her the entire weekend, and when she did finally come back, she denied the whole ordeal. After Elena moved out without telling anyone, the apartment felt much lighter and easier to be in. Hope you enjoyed my spooky tale. Love, Mackenzie. Oh. No way. I know. So I was like, okay, the urinating makes me think possession and the fact that she was doing inappropriate things and then not remembering doing them. Okay. I know this is wrong, but I would love... What if Elena had a real twin, like an evil twin, and they, like, switched places sometimes, and the evil twin just came in and, like, tried to make her sister look like a weirdo, so she, like, peed on the floor and, like, did all these weird things. Okay, well, this is, like, what Mackenzie was saying, because she titled it, I think my roommate had a doppelganger. (laughs) (laughs) It could be an evil twin. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, yeah. That show. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was like, okay, that's a, that could be a possibility too, what you're thinking. But, the weird- but also the fact that she saw her hunched over in yeah, her room that's... and then turned around to go back to her room and no one was there. Yeah, that's the part that like I think screws over my theory. Yeah. It reminded me of the story that we read again in the possession episode mm-hmm. with Rick where it's kind of like this in-between of someone who's starting to become possessed and doesn't really remember everything that they're doing and acting very bizarre, but then switching back and being completely normal and being like, what? Like, no, that never happened. Like, right. uh-huh, I'm just myself, la, la, la. Uh-huh. And then 
yeah, the like in between of when their body's being taken over. Yeah. Because it's seriously like something else is in her body. So it's not really her doing these things if it is a possession. Yeah. Because I feel like that seems to be a theme in possessions. It's like the the blacking out and not having memory of certain events and acting Crazy. erotically, yeah. erotically, Erotic. erratically. <laughs> hey, I'm sure there are some demons that possess to act erotically. Erratically. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. And then also just like inappropriate defecation, throwing up. Mm-hmm urinating in places that always it's acting sexually inappropriately <laughs> acting very inappropriately erotically erotic ghosts we should do an episode about erotic ghosts <laughs> we should there i did read an article one time where this woman was like there are ghosts that do things there's a there's couch. a specific name for there's like dark entity ghosts that try to do things to women in bed or like men, or what? Or men in bed. Sorry, due to pe- due to people in bed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My uh, the woman, the lady who does my lashes. Shout out to you, Shantae. She uh, <laughs> was telling me a story about her. Her mom had an experience with it. Oh, maybe we should do. We sh- yeah an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Dirty ghosts. Oh, <sighs> um, thank you. Yeah, thanks for people. sharing your stories. We want to hear more. Stay tuned because we're going to do something. Should we just say it? We have a holiday gift for everyone, and we're going to start doing listener episodes bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. So every two weeks, in addition to the episode that comes out Sunday night, we are going to post an episode with all of your listener, all the listener stories. So your stories, your experiences. We've had a lot of people that have requested us to do more than yeah. once a week. We're doing and it. We, yeah, we're doing it. And we get so many of your experiences and we're like, oh, we don't have enough time to read everybody's yeah. if we just keep doing it like we're doing. So, And we're going to call it, and I'm going to let you do it, Corinne, because you came up with this title. Encounters. Encounters. So look out for those episodes. Yeah. Encounters means we read your stories. Yeah. So keep sending us your stories. Send them to two girls, one goes podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget. Rate us. Yeah. Review us. Please. On iTunes. We are also on Spotify. We are. And we're working on getting on iHeartRadio too. So we'll be on that soon. We are. We're taking over. We also reached. 100,000 downloads this week, which you saw on our, if you follow us on Instagram, you saw our post about that as Mm -hmm. well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited. And we're so happy to like share this with everyone and hear people's ghost stories and know that people are interested in the paranormal as much as we are. I know. Whenever I talk about the podcast with someone, people are like, oh, do you believe in ghosts? Or like, oh, do people listen? I'm like, yeah, we have this many people that believe (laughs) in ghosts with us each week. So (laughs) (laughs) what if it was just us and we were downloading the episode a hundred thousand (laughs) times? Download it, delete it, download it, delete it, download it, delete it. Can we do that? I don't know know if that works, but I'll get us to a million. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) 
But yeah, awesome. You guys, this is so amazing. We honestly started this podcast not thinking that anyone would listen. I know. It was really just like, this is perfect because you moved and let's hang out and talk way more about weird things. It's basically just us talking and just recording because this is what we talk about anyway. Yeah. So thanks for joining us and coming along this journey with us. And we will see see you on the other side. side.